0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store,
1: Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 dollars no a month after 22 dollars a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel, later your remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630 dollars Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay. Data prioritization during congestion, speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.
0: Summer Grand Carnival is taking over King's Island from June 15th to July 7th. Experience the opening ceremony every afternoon when the park erupts with sights, sounds, and flavors
1: from around the world. Be surrounded by the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade that sweeps across the park at twilight and showers guests with beads. And enjoy unique food, drinks, and
0: live music at the huge Grand Carnival Street Party all night. Don't miss the celebration as big as the park. Get the best deal on tickets at VisitKingsIsland.com. It's amazing in here.
2: On this week's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, we look at the MLS playoffs and if the format is actually working for the league. Dallas native and Benfica B player Keaton Parks joins the show to discuss his journey in the soccer world. Finally, we took a look at the US Soccer presidency and the new interim coach that was just hired. All this on this week's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast.
0: Good day, hello, welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jodderin, Armand Kafai. Follow us on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Go ahead and hit that subscribe because you won't regret it. Armand, busy show. How's it going? I'm alive. I'm alive too. Uh, MLS playoffs and uh, it's been flat, really bad. Yeah, to say the least. To say the least, it's been bad. Like MLS, uh, not good. Not good whatsoever. God, let's begin with Tuesday's games. Chicago, the three seed, hosting the six seed Red Bulls, and I told you there was going to be four goals in this game. Everyone would have been pretty excited for that. No, but when all four goals are for one club, it's not a good game. Four nil was the final. I I thought I I was surprised by the result. Yeah,
2: Chicago's looked kind of flat uh, recently. Red Bull always has a always has the opportunity to make something good happen. We have Jesse Marsh at the helm, and the way they tactically play. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised with the result. I mean, I felt it was 2-0 in like what the first 20 minutes. I yeah. thought the game was over after that. As soon as it happened, I thought the game was over. Yeah, well, it was um,
0: the it first, was. first 11 minutes. Bradley oh, Wright Phillips and shasta Klusen, 11 minutes to nothing. That's
2: yeah. That that was. I I texted you. I was like, "That's game over, man. There's no way Chicago can come back from that," and they didn't. So I mean, I mean, this game was pretty lackluster, to be honest. And I thought. I, I mean, was telling people. I mean, there wasn't that many people uh, attending the match, so it kind of
0: just felt like a really boring game. Well, that that y- the attendance figures according to MLS Soccer dot com was eleven thousand six hundred forty seven. You know what the average for the season was, Armand? Well, Seventeen thousand. They had five thousand less people show up for an MLS game playoff game than they did for a regular season match. I mean, if you're MLS, you can't be playing a game on Tuesday night. What the hell are you thinking? A the TV ratings were terrible. They're going up against the World Series. Then you 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 don't even sell out the stadium. It's flat. the The game broadcast is awful when the stadium's half empty not even half empty majority empty
2: yeah so that's a
0: wednesday night
2: game i mean these midweek games i feel like i don't know i mean for some places they'll be fine like vancouver and atlanta but i mean for most it's going to be
0: a struggle i don't i don't understand why they have these midweek playoff games it's stupid just dumb because the schedule's not set uh, you you just had the end of the regular season give a week allow fans to buy tickets allow them to think if they want to go to the game allow there to be a build up god for nothing i mean I, I turned off the game at halftime no i had to continue watching but that's what i you know it felt like i had to <laughs> um,
2: yeah it was i mean yeah i'll i'll be honest with you i think part of watching the soccer viewing uh, experience is the atmosphere And once the atmosphere is really lacking, the game just feels very flat, especially at that scoreline, it was very flat. Um, But, hey, congratulations to Red Bull. Uh, I think they thoroughly deserved it, and I think
0: that Red Bull Toronto series is going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. Jesse Marsh, you know, under his tenure, the Red Bulls have been typically the favorite, you know, the finishing high in the standings. The first time where they went in as underdogs, and you got the sense that, you know, there was more pressure on Chicago. And oh, I for think, sure. I think that allowed the players to really run free. Oh yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, it it, it looked it looked like it looked like I mean, to be honest with you, it was Chicago's what first playoff game in about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it there's obviously gonna be a little bit of pressure. Valko Panovich's first his first playoff game and whatnot. But Stephen, let me ask you this: Was that the last time we saw Schweinsteiger in a Chicago Fire jersey? Uh,
0: a really I feel like it was. It, yeah, I mean it. It sucks. He's still young enough that uh, I think he did a lot of good for Chicago Fire. I thought they were relevant. Uh, they sold out games because of him. Uh, obviously, look at their attendance figure. I, you know, I'm not gonna pull up last year's, but I'm sure it it rose because of Schweinsteiger. That factor. Uh, And another MLS club could use him, Dallas, because, you know, Kellen Costa might be leaving. I think he could kind of be a good plug-and-play, plus you're getting a superstar. So Um, I'm thinking ahead. I don't know. Schweinsteiger doesn't have any any options right now in Europe, none that I know of, and I've been reading the transfer rumors about him. Just curious to see what he'll do. Maybe he'll retire. I mean, he's won almost everything. Uh, But, um, I mean, he didn't win the World Cup this year, so... (laughs) <laughs> you know the red the red bulls speaking of when they played toronto earlier in the season they had a 1-1 uh draw at red bull arena they also had
2: a 3-2 game right at uh, bmo field to 4-2 4-2 yeah that game, I remember watching that game i remember watching that game that game it was it was that game was actually that's the reason why i'm excited for that series because that game was back and forth and just full of energy. I mean, when you have a team like Toronto and a team like Red Bulls, their systems are so unique. You have that 3-5-2 from uh, Toronto with that 3-6-1 with uh, Red Bull and they collide. It's it, it's a tactical just really interesting tactically.
0: Who do you thought uh, was the the best player from uh, Red Bulls on uh, Tuesday night? I thought the defense was really solid. I thought Kamar Lawrence put in
2: a great shift. Yeah. Uh yeah. defen- defensively I think he had, didn't have a wrong foot the whole game um and also I'd probably say Daniel Royer played really well too so I mean
0: just I, I I thought defensively they were just outstanding to be honest Yeah. And uh the game against Toronto is going to be next Monday. Yep. Uh so they'll be at Red Bull Arena they'll be home play the underdog so it'll be real fascinating to see because the pressure is on toronto and then the, specifically i think the pressure is on michael bradley and josie altador because of their failure with the u.s men's national team remember they got booed by atlanta in the sea uh season finale
2: um i'll talk about another booing in a little bit because i mean i think it's a trend across u.s soccer now um, <laughs> but uh Steven, what did you think of the Vancouver San Jose game? I mean, I'm, I told you I wasn't surprised. I mean, people were telling me they expected San Jose to win. What? And and I was like, you minus twenty one gold differential. You guys have to. You guys have to be like joking with me. They're like, no, uh, I think their form is really good. I was like, no, 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 no. You have to be like, are you, are you serious? A team that comes in with a minus twenty-one goal difference, <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and, they're, and they're a favorite only in MLS. But it was an easy game for Vancouver. I mean, you watched it; sounds like terrible. <laughs> to be honest with you, well, the first thirty awful. minutes
0: it was okay, right? It was okay. Once the floodgates opened, they opened. Oh, that's the thing with F- Freddie Montero scoring the thirty-third minute. After that, it was smooth sailing. Yeah. It was even close. Oh my god. Um, that. That was a joke yeah the, this is just it, it was a joke of a game it was bad 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 tuesday night i mean you're talking about an aggregate wednesday night come on tuesday night wednesday, wednesday night. night wednesday night sorry it was a bad bad aggregate Nine oh. Nine oh, and you 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 and i if i would have told you 9 L, there would be nine goals scored tonight you would have been like all right sign me up i'm excited not when they're for two clubs yeah but I think we
2: we saw Vancouver kind of solidify themselves as a very scary team. People thought they couldn't do it in the playoffs and I mean you have Teixeira, you have montero pl- both of them playing well um this this Kendall Watson defensively yeah you got big towering presence I mean overall this Carl Robinson has his team looking really good and uh, I think they can really challenge Seattle and maybe they can beat him honestly.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, attendance figure was nice, twenty one thousand. So and apparently
2: they they might uh,
0: open up the upper deck for the uh, Seattle game, and you know how much that Cascadia rivalry means something. So oh for sure. And remember, Vancouver lost on the Cascadia Cup, so there's extra motivation to beat these clubs. Hell yeah. So which is fascinating. Uh, San Jose, goodbye. Thank you. I'm not talking about you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> minus twenty one. Let's not talk about him. Terrible. Uh, And then let's go to Thursday night's games. Interesting. Really interesting dynamic because MLS had a terrible, terrible Wednesday night. I can't repeat how bad that was for the league. Then literally they put all their chips on one game, and that was Atlanta, Columbus, and it actually performed really well. That was a proper uh, (laughs) Playoff 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 tournament football game. Where both clubs went at it. tactically, it was chess. You had back and forth players. You know, the players were dead by the end of the 120 minutes. They hit the post four times. Oh, totally. god! It's it's just incredible. I don't know. What are your thoughts off the game? That has to be an MLS instant classic. That
2: game was that game. I think was up there with the 0-0 draw with uh, Chicago and FC Cincinnati in the Open Cup. I think uh those two games are really yeah. fun to watch um for i mean first off you gotta give credit to columbus they really limited atlanta's attack 100 um you, joseph martinez didn't get all the opportunities he usually does al marone didn't have that much space to operate the wings didn't have that much space greg berhalter did a brilliant job uh controlling that that uh off- offense and i i during that game, I don't know if you noticed, Steven, but defensively for Atlanta, I mean, they've always done this, but they seem so vulnerable.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing because going forward, Atlanta have all all the momentum with them. I mean, they have the talent, the pace, the skill. They have the creativity to really pose threats. But going backwards, there were moments where Columbus had opportunities to to score. I, When uh, Parker saved it off the line, that was—I mean, you're talking about inches separating Columbus, not having to win through a penalty shootout.
2: I mean, yeah, and excuse me, and when the game, when the game was just in the open game, even during the first ninety minutes, it uh, was—I mean, I know this is kind of like Atlanta style, but it looked really vulnerable today, where they had their three in the back but it was just their three in the back. So it would almost be a game of transition to where you you get those three to stop them, then you put it back into your like whatever your seven that are up top uh, tr- trying to score goals. I thought it was just a really interesting dynamic uh, by Martino. I think that's where most of Columbus is. I mean, you basically against
0: Atlanta, you need a counterattack. If you counterattack them and you hit them on a counter, you mm. get it. But um, go ahead. I was going to say 41 total shots were taken between the two clubs. They 41.
2: They couldn't score. And for, uh, Zach Steffen, whew,
0: what a game. Oh, what a game. Beautiful. What a game. Now, this was really good for the league. I think this was a game that if you tuned in and you're like, you know, what is play, MLS playoff? Um, th- their attendance figure was a little subpar. Let me just guess. Subpar. So my... Subpar. Well, for Atlanta's right, st- standards. 67,000. Subpar. So so 67. Not too bad. You see, this guy has too much expectations, man. Hey, I'm going to say Atlanta times. United has won my heart, okay? If there's an out-of-market club that I like that I will follow and just have a soft D for it. was Orlando City, uh, but Orlando City has just kind of ruined it because they haven't made the playoffs, and it's just kind of like, eh. Is Atlanta Baylor, like, United, when they were waving their phones in the air and singing whatever it was, that was awesome. No, that, that was awesome. I think the atmosphere created by Atlanta United causes the casual fans, especially if you live in the Atlanta United, to go to a game. Because often in, in sports, especially in American sports, the fan experience isn't necessarily being part of the game. It's more about just reacting to the game and creating noise. That's it. But soccer has the weird aspect where you are as much as part of the 90 minutes as the, the 11 on the pitch. Or the, the manager on the sideline. And Atlanta United has captivate, uh, captured that. Now, it's sad that they didn't move on, but it's still a superb season for them. No one would have expected them to be this good, to sell out that many seats. Because next year, I mean, the expectations is even going to be higher. Which is good. I think there's pressure now on this club to succeed. And that's going to be really hard. You know, the, the fans... If they're real fans, they're going to get on this club next season.
2: I mean, looking forward, dude. Atlanta might have a little murky in the future. Uh, well, when it comes to their players, hopefully they bring in better, nice players. But Almiron might be gone. Um, well, I they're going to have like, a huge cash flow. Go spend some money. I feel, I
0: feel like a lot of players are going to leave. Um, but I mean, I if you're it. if you're somebody abroad, would you not say Atlanta's on your destination? i say, honestly, they would be because of you have
2: Tata and you have that great atmosphere, nice city to live in. I mean, it's a huge city and traffic sucks, and but that's he, anywhere else and in America. Then, and then you see then you see Almiron, if he, if he leaves, and the potential he has to go somewhere, all of a sudden you, you're you going to have someone
0: knocking at your door saying, hey, I want to play an MLS. Yeah, Martinez too, you know, so I uh, I agree. Uh, from Columbus's perspective, what a game. Save the crew. Save the crew. Going back to a club is if they don't sell out the stadium, shame on them. They deserve to, uh, they, the club deserves to be relocated. Actually, uh, on that note, I'm actually traveling to Austin this weekend,
2: and I'm actually going to uh, interview uh, some of the supporters groups, uh, the supporter group that's in Austin that's kind of fueling the MLS to Austin uh, discussion in the Austin area. So, shameless uh, be- plug. Yeah, yeah, be on the lookout for that. But, no, uh, Columbus, man, Columbus' team is really good, not really talked about. Um, with the whole Austin crew, this, that, I mean, we've talked about it. I think they're already gone. Um, but l- let Columbus win an MLS Cup or just uh, just let's – I mean, it would be awesome to see Columbus win an MLS Cup, to would be honest. Be awesome. be awesome. And they would host it if they moved out, if they moved on. They would host it. Um, so, it it would be it would be great. It'd be fun. Uh, great. It's awesome for the t- it's awesome the crowd. Awesome for the team. You, you, the team had motivation coming in, saying mm-hmm. the league doesn't want us here. No one wants us here, but we're gonna move on and screw them anyway. And like, t- and t- tactically, the Kakuta Mane coming on was a brilliant substitution by Burhalter. I mean, people question it. They took off Justin but He was great. And then you look around and. Uh, Man, it, I, I was I was at a loss for words of how good they played because they played outstanding. I mean, we should be I shouldn't be surprised because Columbus is a great MLS team. But that's, I mean,
0: Stefan stood on his head and yeah, you know, it was so good. a Game like shit. It, it was it was a really good game, and, and it was it was well worth our hundred and twenty minutes. You know, yeah, I was, you know, you, yeah, I could not turn away from the game. It was that open. My criticism is. Atlanta's schedule at the end, I think just it was too many games it was and, grueling dude it was too, yeah too many games in a short amount of time and then when the playoff game comes around and you could just tell they weren't a hundred percent fit you know they yes. they were just scout Almarone wasn't there you know uh, you, you could just tell players left and right just stretching and it it was kind of like oh where's the finish line where's that finish line where's that finish line that's where uh, that's all they were searching for. Meanwhile, Columbus was able to sit there and go, "Hold on, hold on, let's do this." Like they were, more, it seemed at times Columbus were more motivated to win than they were, uh, than the Atlanta United. And I think this Col- is, they were just too tired. Columbus, I thought was the better team for most of the game. Yeah, well, tactically, it was awesome. It was a, it was a fantastic game. Um, so the sixty seven thousand at Atlanta, well, fourteen thousand in Houston. Dot, dot, Can we not dot. talk about that game, please? It was awful.
2: Boring. That game was terrible to watch. The field's destroyed. You watch that game, Oh, that field is destroyed. Completely destroyed. Uh, it looks terrible. The game was itself terrible. But credit to Houston. These are MLS playoff games. We said SKC could, uh, could win it by... Well, they screwed themselves by not getting a higher seed. Yeah, they did. And... Um, we said that SKC would be the better team so they could gruel out a win, but yeah. it was Houston. Houston was yeah. better. Houston, I think, was a better team. And um, Albert Valise with the goal. Vicente Sanchez. Can we like just talk about him for a quick second? Yes. This guy's like 38 years old, coming off of the super sub, coming off as a super sub. He killed Dallas when he when he uh, he was in Dallas, and he comes on, creates an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, goes past and and gets the ball to at least in the, this course. I mean, this guy is 38 years
0: old, and he's a key player for the Dynamo. It's, it's amazing, Sanchez. Like, what? San, Sanchez had four assists in a three week, uh, three there game week. There you go. Week. I don't know what's going on,
2: but Wilmer Cabrera with wisdom, with Vicente Sanchez, with Kubo Torres, with that front line, I'm telling you, Houston's one is a really fun team to watch. Uh, with that front three they have with Kubo, uh, 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 Kyoto, and Torres. Uh, I don't think they've been starting together, but, um, I mean, overall, like, that front three is really fun to watch. And, I mean, like I said, Vicente Sanchez off the bench is, he's been incredible. Like, how much? He's been incredible. And you had your boy Senderos play, Steve.
0: Yeah, representing the Swiss. He started. Yeah, he, had, he, he is, he had a, he had a nice game. And, Leadership. I mean, I mean, I mean it's oh, good. It's good. Yeah. It looks like a good signing, after all. Uh, it's good for Houston that they move on. They'll be taking on, uh, Portland. Oh, yeah. So, um,
2: what else happened during that game? Like I was mentioning, was that Beasler and Zusi were just booed for the whole
0: game. Oh yeah, the whole game, really, the whole game. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I think this is good. This is good. Question is, are we gonna boo Kellen Acosta or somebody like that? Are we gonna boo the young guys if, if they were to play? I know this I is think irrelevant, it, I, I, but. I think I think the booing is just reserved
2: for the older guys. Yeah. I think that was a rationale that Atlanta United fans gave. It said, these guys are leaders. They're veterans. And then they – like, you're not going to boo Christian Pulisic. But, Hell I mean, no, no.
0: He's the yeah, only I, reason why you have hope.
2: I guess I guess the, uh, the, the rationale of the fans are uh, these guys are leaders. They're veterans. And they screw us. And then, well, they screwed us. So mm.
0: let's boo them. But, yeah, something like that, I don't know. Anyway, Seattle – Traveling to Vancouver on Sunday. Monday you have Toronto traveling to the Red Bulls. Portland in Houston, so you'll have a fascinating game there. Houston, Portland. I'm, I'm actually really curious to see how Portland react with Diego Rellary and an expectation now to pretty uh, to succeed. Uh, I, these home teams I feel like have a real advantage because the higher seed has to travel and they can set the tone. Yes. They can set the tone. They could try to take it to – I mean, look at Dallas. I always like to use Dallas as an example. In 10 minutes, the season fell apart last year yep, in the playoffs. Yep. So uh, There's that. NYCFC going to Columbus. Columbus, you better sell out that stadium. There should not be – everybody should be standing 90 minutes long, 90 minutes before the game, okay, 90 cute. minutes okay, okay, after okay. the game. We will not have to stand. We can sit down. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, Seattle, lucky for them. They don't have to travel that, much f- f- that far north. They're going to uh, Vancouver, so for them, it's a home game. Lucky for them, they don't have to go uh, to like Portland. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, MLS playoffs, last question before we move on to the King Parks interview. Not good so far, and it, it's, I think they need to take a look. If we're done talking about change in MLS, it's time to take a look at these MLS playoffs and uh, reformat them. Yeah, but I don't like the ideas that are coming out. If you're going to put so much stock in the playoffs, all of a
2: sudden you're going to make it like a round-robin affair. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that's coming out. I don't think a lot of people like the idea. I think it should stay a two-leg. But if
0: anything, they should cut how about, down the teams how about or something you like sh- that. How about you shorten the regular season maybe by a couple of weeks? for uh, Two weeks. Take two games off. You keep the same amount. You you play one versus six there's a no buy and you just move on or you know what you do armand you do my idea you do what you do in the championship. oh my league, gosh the, the balls you put them in pots <laughs> bing 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 that would be so much cooler
2: this this guy man this guy
0: man. tweet at that's all that's all he's, that's all he's at, talking about no that's all he's talking about tweet at us or at uncle sam and if, if you agree do you want to see the pots because i do i think it'd be so much cooler I so don't want to sit pots. You don't. Stop, okay. Steven, please.
2: <laughs> you put this idea like on my head for the last like 20 that's days. A good
0: idea. Whatever. Remember, good ideas often are irrational until you realize that it's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, up next, Dallas native Gene Barks.
2: Today is a Texas native who is currently playing at Benfica B and was actually called up to US U twenty camp prior to the twenty seventeen U twenty World Cup. Keaton Parks. Hey Keaton, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you guys?
0: Good, We're doing good. great. Thanks for uh taking the time to join us. Busy man over there yeah. in Portugal, huh? Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh how's the current season going on?
1: Uh, it's going well. We are in sixth place, I think, in the second league, and we've been playing well. We've been getting wins. Um, we're having a good season. We've uh, had some injuries along the way with some players, but overall, we've been been doing well. Training hard and and getting results.
0: Uh, I I want to go back to to your roots because growing up in Texas, it's such a hotbed for obviously the other sports. You know, football, basketball, baseball. Why did you end up playing soccer and pursuing over the other sports?
1: Uh, Well, the main reason I would say is because I was better at soccer than other sports, but I also liked it more. Uh, I grew up playing baseball and basketball as well, and I even played a little bit of uh, American football in middle school, but I was never as good at those sports. Um, And also, both of my parents grew up playing soccer as kids and stuff. I never played professionally, but they always played soccer as well, so I grew up watching a lot of soccer and just being involved with soccer, so... Yeah, it was my it was my favorite sport growing up.
2: Did you watch a lot of soccer growing up, Keaton? I mean, when when we talked to us certain players, uh, they didn't have soccer available. But at our age, I think we have more uh, soccer available uh, uh, at our hands. So did you watch a lot of soccer growing up?
1: Um, I watched more than the average person, but no, I didn't. I actually didn't enjoy watching soccer as much as because I I always wanted to be playing. So I would watch, like, a first half of a game, and then I would get bored and go outside and play or or do something else because I always wanted to be – I'd rather be playing than watching. So, like, whenever I was watching, it made me mad because I wanted to be playing instead, you know? So I actually didn't watch as much as, like, I think I should have because I could have learned a lot from watching soccer growing up. But, Mm. no, I actually didn't watch as much as as you would think.
0: (laughs) What was your favorite uh, sport growing? It was soccer – it was playing soccer, but what about watching? if you um
1: yeah so i really enjoy still to this day so i enjoy watching basketball and american football a lot they um i mean like they're just fun to watch and basketball especially i love playing basketball as well um but now or especially now i enjoy watching a lot of soccer and learn like i like to watch and learn from the best players in the world you know Mm -hmm. Growing up, I think I would, I would say I liked watching basketball and American football more than soccer.
2: So I, so once you started playing soccer, you started playing well at Frisco Liberty High School. You also were playing well for your club team, Liverpool. And then you had the conventional offer of you know going to SMU and going to college, but you chose a route where you play with the NPSL Liverpool side and then uh, with your coach were able to go try out in Portugal and get a spot on a team. Did did people j- judge you differently for um I guess judge but did people like yeah judge you differently for uh, not choosing SMU and uh, going professional because in USA the conventional route is for uh, athletes in high school to go to college but over overseas it's you go straight into the first team or you start trying to get playing time at that age so what was the what did people say to you uh, throughout that process
1: um. I would say for the most part, people were surprised uh, just because they, it was a a different route than the average player takes in the USA. Uh, So I had SMU as, as a plan. I committed to SMU to go there in 2015. Um, But yeah, I, I always grew up wanting to play professional soccer and I knew that, and I always wanted to play in Europe. So when the opportunity rose, I, I mean, like I had to take it, it Thinking, going back and thinking uh, in 2015 when I had to choose between coming here and going to college, I did. I did like weigh the options, but but overall, uh, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to play professionally here, and and people people were sort of confused about it, I guess, because just because they didn't know about it, they didn't know uh, what it was like to to come here at such a young age or to try to pursue professional soccer in Europe. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, but people didn't judge me. They didn't think it was a bad decision or anything. They just didn't. They just didn't know. So. So Look, yeah,
0: do you? I mean, it's a huge discussion right now, obviously, with the failure of the national team between you know the youth development. In your opinion, obviously, you made the decision on going of going to Europe. Jermaine Jones came out saying, "Yeah, all the players should get pushed to go to Europe." Do you think the college game kind of disrupts? The growth. You have a brother at, at Harvard playing. You you see both options. You waited out both options. In your opinion, how's that that interaction between the two options work out?
1: Um, yeah. So I think a lot of young players when they they do get the opportunity to go to college and they get offers from big Division one colleges and all their friends like they think that's really cool and they get to go there. They get scholarship. They get to play in front of uh, in front of their friends and family. So obviously that that decision is enticing. Like it, it would be a good choice, and it, everybody everybody knows that's a good choice. Coming here, people don't know about coming here, trying to play professionally, and and it's hard. It's hard to change uh, at such a young age. It's hard to to move off by yourself into a different country, different language, for, uh, Usually usually different language. So I mean, it is hard to adapt, and it, and there's a lot of a lot of um, good if things. Yeah, yeah, and difficulties about coming here. So yeah, it is. I think um, just the idea of going to college and playing Division One soccer there has been has been pushed on to academy players, on the young players, and they they think that's the best option growing up. So I think th- I think college does get in the way of a lot of young players uh, choosing to come to Europe instead.
2: What was, the di- most, uh, what was the hardest part about moving to Portugal? I mean, I'm assuming it was probably like the language barrier because, I mean, you come in here, you don't know any Portuguese and now you're in a completely different country. So like, what was the hardest part uh, about moving just straight from high school to Portugal?
1: Yeah, I would say the language was definitely the hardest part, but also just being away from my family and my friends. Uh, I came here with, with a friend that actually spoke some Portuguese, so that made it a lot easier. And he helped me get around at first, um, and then I use an app on my phone to tell them it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the best, the best idea, but
0: it helped. So and, what? Uh, so go ahead. I was to say, what what's life in Portugal like uh, compared to Dallas?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's the same. Uh, I guess when I first came here, I mean, I don't have a car here and stuff, or my license, uh, Portuguese license, so. Uh, I guess that's a big difference. We walk around a lot, and the cities are smaller. Um, but everything that you need is in walking within walking distance, so it's not a, it's not a big deal. Um, but, yeah, so I came here not knowing any Portuguese, and that was difficult. And then, especially at first, being away from my family all the time and my friends and, like, not being able to see them whenever I wanted to was difficult. Um, I've gotten used to that over the years as well. I've been here for over two years now, so... Um that's gotten a lot easier but still hard and then I and now I speak a lot of Portuguese as well so so that makes it easier I can get around by myself now
0: Oh for sure Now I wa- I want to ask you that as an American who did move abroad was there any bias or an unfavorable you know view of you because just because you're an American and soccer isn't necessarily the most important sport or culturally the biggest sport here in America from players, coaches, or directors, or fans that, you know, you were there over there?
1: Uh, no, I, there wasn't any bias, I would say. Um, when I came here, I knew that I would have to prove myself no matter where I was from. Um, and I always came out in the trainings and games, and I worked my hardest, and I, I just I knew I had to prove myself to get on the starting lineup or just to get in the games at all. And I think the fans, the coaches, they all saw that from the beginning. Um, I never acted like I was. Uh, man, I can't think of words right now. <laughs> well, like, uh, speaking too much Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, i yeah, speaking too much Portuguese. I have like to English now. Yeah, so I, I never felt like I never acted like I was. Um, like I was better than these players just because mm. I was American. whatever, you know. Fair, I always, I always to prove myself, just like any other player on the field. So I, I don't believe that there was ever a bias from the coaches, players, or fans, even.
2: So after you moved uh, to Portugal, you played for Varzim for a little bit, and then you eventually signed with, with Benfica. Uh, what, was your, what was your feeling when you signed with one of the premier developmental clubs in the world? I mean, when you think of Benfica, you think of them having probably, they produced the best players. You see them signed by uh, top clubs such as Barcelona. Um, so like, what, what was your thoughts when you, uh, uh, find, when you uh, signed for them?
1: uh i would say shock at first just like the idea that they that they wanted to buy me and that they wanted to sign me um at first like it's just a crazy feeling it's one of the uh, top 10 biggest clubs in the world if not the biggest club in the world or most well known club so um i mean it's crazy that i'm here but i also believe that i deserve to be here i've worked hard for it and i work hard every day to to remain here and to and to prove that i belong here uh so yeah I mean, it was a crazy feeling that, uh, when I first heard that they had an interest in me and I just, I knew I wanted to be here and
0: and here I am. Yeah. And you actually just recently had some training sessions with the first team. How'd that go? You know, was it something different?
1: Uh, yeah. So the, those training sessions were, were great. Uh, very intense, uh, great experience for me, uh, that I got the opportunity to do that. Um, but yeah, every day, every day is a hard training session with the B team. Every day, uh, we have to we have to get ready for the weekends with the the second league. We have a game every weekend, sometimes midweek games. Um, so yeah, those A team trainings were a good experience. But I'm I'm always here training hard, uh, getting ready for those games and and folk, I'm, folk too, I'm focused <laughs> uh, on uh, on our season with the B team and everything. So uh, yeah, great experience. Uh, I was happy to get that opportunity. But I'm always—it's—it's it's not a different training. It's always the same hard trainings every day with the B team as well. So,
2: so Keaton, I mean, you obviously know uh, when the, the national team, the U.S. national team, didn't qualify for the 2018 World Cup. What are your thoughts on on the national team failure? Just your raw, overall thoughts on what happened?
1: Um, it was rough hearing <laughs> that. I didn't—I didn't get a stay up. Uh, the whole night to watch the game, I watched the first half, but waking up to the news that they didn't qualify and that they couldn't beat Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, I don't know. It, <laughs> it, yeah. disappointed. Yeah, that's how, I, yeah, I was disappointed for sure. And I think the whole country is disappointed. Um, I mean, all we needed was one more point through, through yeah. all those games to qualify. So, um, yeah, I was disappointed for sure. And I mean, just moving forward, we I think we just have to do better. So i we can do better.
0: <laughs> obviously I'm I'm sure the national team's on your on your mind. How you know, have you had any contact with, with you know the program? Is there you know interaction or is it just kinda you know, quiet and you just working hard to see if you can get a call up?
1: Uh Yeah, for the most part, it's been quiet. I uh, Tabra almost did email me a couple weeks back just to check in, and I talked to him a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's been quiet. But I mean, I'm here working hard every day, uh, working hard for my team, um, playing well in the games, working hard in training. So I'm hoping that I'll get a call up soon or just get some get noticed out here, out here in Portugal, you know, (laughs) but yeah. It's been good. Uh, I'm hoping to get a call
0: soon. Oh yeah, I mean, we we definitely are rooting for you because we'll, God knows, we could use some change in the national team as we've talked on the. Oh on the yeah, show. you're telling me, Stephen. <laughs> you're telling me. Uh, um, we, we would love to see you in the in those colors, Keaton. Especially representing uh, Dallas, be fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, Keaton. What are your goals for this upcoming year? I mean, I mean, obviously, there's obviously a, you want Benfica B to be. Basically, cha- champions of the second division. But what what are some other you know personal goals that you have? Like maybe what do you want to work on technically and whatnot? And you know, other goals such as you know making the national team and whatnot.
1: Uh, yeah, so of course I have the individual goal of trying to make the national team, uh, getting a call up for under twenty three qualification for the Olympics, or even a first team call up for even a camp or friendlies or whatever. Um, but here at Benfica, I'm just focused on our second division league right now. Uh, getting wins, um, and then hopefully at the end, getting the trophy, getting first place this year. Um, of course, I'd love to experience more training sessions with the first team, that was a, I mean, that's always a great opportunity, great mm-hmm. experience, but yeah, I'm very. I'm, we're all focused on just getting wins in the second division and, and developing our team, and then also to get the trophy at the end of the year would be awesome.
0: For sure. Uh, Keaton Parks, everybody, we want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, we wish you the best and, uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Talk to you soon, maybe. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.
2: What a great interview with Keaton. I really enjoyed that real good insight especially on the
0: college aspect
2: yeah I like that I mean what he did uh, really shocked actually uh, people in the area because I mean like I said the expected route is usually let's go from uh, high school to college to play soccer I mean that's not the route you should do in soccer in my opinion but um yeah so
0: great interview and best of luck maybe he'll get called up this this uh, yeah rumor has sex friendly rumor <laughs> has it uh ah, who knows? We could go young. Speaking of Texans and soccer, you had Houston in the playoffs, Keenan Parks, Grant Ma- Grant Wall tweeted out something that you are very pissed off about. I mean, is pissed off the right word? I'm more just it's it's a more
2: lack of understanding uh from uh an outsider's perspective. I mean he's Grant an Wall elitist. T- Grant Wall tweeted out, here's the thing about moving Columbus to Austin. What evidence is there from the two current Texas MLS teams that decent crowds will come? Listen, if anyone that is well-connected to FC Dallas, to the Houston Dynamo, realize that the problem itself is not the market. You go around – I'm in university right now, UT Dallas. You go around, you see – so many soccer jerseys pick up soccer games every
0: single day. Everyone wants That's to play the soccer. Sport that everybody talks about. Okay, you especially can't go, you can't go walking into a Walmart, into a Kroger, into a mall without seeing multiple soccer jerseys. In fact, I guarantee you there are more soccer jerseys in Dallas alone than there are cowboy jerseys.
2: Okay? No, I honestly, I honestly, I honestly do agree with you, and um. Many both sides always talk about one thing. It's the lack of marketing. and the lack of marketing is a is a really is a really big problem. I mean, I there's a market for soccer and that's why I said on Twitter. There's a market for soccer, but there is not a market. The market for FC Dallas has not been established yet. So big crowd and in, in Austin, I honestly don't doubt that I think they'll have big crowds. I think they'll have a good fine time if if they move. But to say, Oh yeah, it's it's a very it's two with two bird's eye view.
0: Well, it's- no, but Grant Wall doesn't understand that there there's a hundred fifty thousand in Frisco, a hundred plus thousand in McKinney, a hundred thousand in Plano. That's all 15, 20 minutes maximum from the stadium, and there's a tallway, meaning there's a highway right by that's gonna fly you up and down to from your house to the game. It's not impossible south frisco in in, uh, toyota uh stadium it's not impossible what fc dallas has done a terrible job is market the club and exposure there is no uh relationship between the ownership and the marketing pr team and and the players to the city there is no established the fans that go to fc dallas are soccer fans most of them probably don't like what fc dallas is doing yeah they've had success but it pisses me off when people say dallas has no market no dallas has a huge market look at all the players that are coming out in europe where are they from that they're from dallas why is fc dallas why why do they have such a really good academy system because the players are grown grow up in frisco there's a market for them Everywhere you go on street corners, there is soccer field. I mean, it was a Frisco Soccer Association, Plano Soccer Association, McKinney Soccer Association. Those are rec-, rec leagues. Those are massive and powerful leagues in the area that influence and have a ton of area and places to go play games at.
2: It's yeah, um,
0: and it's thing and he, frustrating
2: the same thing in Houston as well. Uh, Houston they have a great downtown stadium, There's a lack of lack of marketing, There's a lack of you know, marketing and I just I I don't like this narrative that's being pushed out uh, by people in the media who obviously I guess don't want Columbus to leave and I mean we don't want Columbus to leave, but let's not make this Well, you a know f- what of- I
0: am at the, I'm at the point where I'm at the point where I'm like Columbus if you didn't sell out your if your stadium Who's that to blame? Because it, it, I look at it from a Dallas perspective. If FC Dallas were to leave, I'd be bummed. But what do you want me to say? I blame how. Ha- I don't know what Columbus. The thing is, we need to look at Armand is Columbus's marketing. Have they marketed the club? Because Dallas is a complete failure. So, on one hand, you have. Yeah, the fans. Blame the fans somewhat because they don't want to go to the games. But if the st- if, if the the team doesn't establish themselves and tell them you know the 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 put out flyers to, to do stuff for for the community, why is anybody going to go to game? The stadium in Dallas is crap. I think that has to do a large part. But Grant Wall, what he doesn't understand is North Texas is a hotbed. Grant Wall, go listen to episode two with Coach Kaiser. He can tell you exactly how Dallas works with youth. Oh, is that frustrating? Why? That is such an elitist mentality that I can't get. And this is exactly the reason why the U.S. soccer media is terrible. This is the reason. Grant Wall, you are doing a disservice for U.S. soccer with lies and tweets and misunderstanding and false truths like that. Oh, can I not wait for somebody to put him in his place? I just, uh, I, it's, it's, it's
2: and it's the thing is. It's a is, sad. It's a sad. The, the uh, thing the thing is, if he would have said, "Hey, uh, Austin had a USL team and they struggled." That's apples and oranges. And that team moved. There's there's a University Town. There's so many similarities between Austin and Columbus. Why why would you go with? Austin, why Austin? Why Columbus? I mean, like the same thing, basically. That's a different mentality. than Saying,
0: "Oh, you're comparing, saying, you're comparing Dallas and Houston. Houston and Dallas are two of the top ten cities in America as far as population. And once one has the stadium downtown." And and that's that's
2: the thing. I just I just I just don't understand. And uh, it just it just really irked me when I saw a tweet. I know it irked the guys at third degree as well um, because. It's it's not it's not that it's not the thing of North Texas doesn't have soccer Houston has soccer Are you kidding me Those places love soccer UT Dallas loves soccer UNT loves
0: soccer It's that there's no marketing push I mean look at the high school game Well like, it, it it's a big deal I it mean really the high, is. It, it, it's from the ground up the, NBC Sports rated uh the the, the Londoner and Addison is one of the best bars to go watch soccer at the culture. Is a real soccer culture. It just hasn't translated from FC Dallas, and FC Dallas has done a terrible job of actually tapping into it. That's that's FC Dallas's fault. That's MLS's problem, not the fans. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And the fans have no obligation to come to the game. It's they market they, yeah, to them, yeah, yeah.
2: and and you say this is why you should come to the game, and this is why you should come. Dallas doesn't have that. There's not that much. Uh, like billboards, there's 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 almost no marketing. It's it's more of like a word of mouth thing. I feel like, and you know, it's it it, it it's. I, I don't like I don't like, the, like. I said, the narrative that Dallas that Texas doesn't have a
0: soccer market is is wrong. To be quite honest, with you completely wrong. It's wrong. And, and, and Grant, and, yeah, and Grant. Wall I'm sorry to interrupt, Armand, but you just got me going here. <laughs> Grant Wall doesn't understand is it's a two part deal. The fans do have some sort of uh, relationship with the club and they do take some of the blame for not selling out Toyota Barely State barely and, and down in Houston. But what Austin is going to bring to Texas into MLS is a new set of rivalries that I think could be really fascinating. You have three clubs in within six hours of each other. Like a Cascadia Cup. You almost have a Cascadia Cup and that's what MLS needs more of more than anything is real rivalries. Austin is going to be that new boy on the street yeah, Houston Dallas hate each other, but I've been to a couple of games and I've been under it's been underwhelming as far as hate and, and the fan experience okay with Austin coming in suddenly you have an extra motivation and maybe Dallas and Houston will realize, oh my God, we no longer have that market in in Austin. As if they had any chance to do so because they already failed to do with their marketing. Now with Austin there and that city and that area of Texas taken up, there's going to be maybe a whole more emphasis in the community around them to market to get planned. Because think about if Austin has a higher attendance the first year than Dallas and Houston, what's that tell you? Clubs, it's me embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing, but who, who? It's not the fans' fault. It's the clubs. Like Grant Law, I, This is a mouthpiece of MLS right now. He is. He's trying to blame the fans. MLS is trying to blame the fans when it's MLS's job to say FC Dallas, get your act together, market. It. It's just I'm like I, I I I
2: read it and I was just like, it, I understand like the is, anti-Columbus is, yeah. n- narrative is there. People, people do not don't want Columbus to leave. I mean, honestly, if I had it, I wouldn't want Columbus to leave either. But and the thing is, Austin is a relative unknown.
0: The well, thing it, is, it, it, Armand, I, I I'm gonna be bold. Columbus, I'm sorry, they're gone. They, they're leaving. Well, I think they're gone too. The crew's leaving. I, it, it, to me, all everything is indicated for them to leave. They've been tr- they've been working on this since last year. They've been talking about financing a new stadium. I think PreCourt bought the team to to move it to Austin, and it's it's be, in the contract. Frankly.
2: It's in the contract, and and people don't people don't realize. I re- I was looked at one column. I said if you keep doing it, public pressure uh, it'll, it'll cave in, and Columbus won't move. Well, if you look no. at Seattle and Oklahoma City, um, that relocation is it's almost the same thing. Uh, Clay Bennett basically bought uh, bought the team, and they all basically admitted it. Uh, even one of his uh, chairman admitted it, even though. He denies it, but he basically admitted they, they bought the team to move it to Oklahoma City. So you have, if you look at that history, I was looking through the articles, they almost read the exact same. Fans history desperate. History repeats itself. Fans desperate. This, that, public pressure, this, that, lawsuits, this, that. I think, I think, I do think Columbus Columbus is, is gone. Um,
0: I think MLS it was, and, wants it. To. Yeah, I, I. Honestly, I think MLS wants it because they want a new market because it's kind of failed. It, it's, and that's the issue, Houston. Now, Houston's a relocation team too from San Jose. But Dallas is an original club, and they're struggling attendance. They're at the bottom of the league year in and year out.
2: Yeah, exa- it's, it's, yeah exactly. And I think they hope to rekindle that market through Cincinnati because of uh, the close proximity between you. Yeah. I think they hope Cincinnati absorbs that black hole of a market and, uh, which they already do, and yeah, which I think they already would, and um, I think they would just suck them up. And uh, it, I mean, some people might swear off MLS for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's that's up to them. But I think the people who really want to watch soccer will uh, go to uh,
0: and why? I mean, the watch. Cincinnati atmosphere is great. It's awesome. Yeah, it, ab- it, w- it absolutely. would be a real addition for MLS. Uh, Graham Wall, go go do some research into FC Dallas' marketing and Houston's. And let me know how it turns out. Then you can understand why fans don't show up. All right, moving on, Armand, because we gotta continue here. Uh, <laughs> US presidency is up to debate. Now it seems like a you know, a number of names running. One particular <laughs> yeah. name. Uh Eric Winalda. And this caught my eye. Alexei Lawless tweeted MLS failed," unquote, Eric Walnaldo on why U.S. Men's National didn't qualify for the World Cup from U.S. Coaches podcast. Shout out to them, and then he links it. Um, Wrong, 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 wrong. No, 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 and no.
2: This, this, this narrative. Oh my god! uh, Yeah, this narrative. uh,
0: That you know. We. Yeah. Oh, god! Are people that? naive to think the mls is not responsible for the u.s men's national team that is not why mls was created then if mls was really really focused on committing to the national team they would not have any foreign players in the league none it would be all americans that's fair um my
2: my issues with the comments is um like uh, franco said on our po- podcast a couple episodes back MLS should do what's best for MLS. They really shouldn't do. They need to do what's best for them. I mean, they can help a national team, maybe adding like a domestic player. Yeah. They already have that though. So, what what can they do? What can they what What do you want MLS to do? Do you want them to bring over all stars and have a little American hotbed? Do you? I don't understand. Do the cat? I mean, do you want the academy set up? The academy systems are implementing great stuff. So, what do you want MLS to do is a question, and. I think many people are going to say we want to play uh, – we want them to play more of the homegrowns, this, that. The thing is I don't think people understand. A lot of these homegrowns, like we've mentioned – I keep referencing episode two because that's such an important episode uh, with our interview with uh, Jared Miklas. The mm-hmm. role of the academy mm-hmm. is not to develop U.S. national teams. It's to develop world-class players. Yeah. So, So if you want to play more homegrowns, what if – they're not. What well, if they choose Mexico, for example? That's a really common dual nationality or another dual nationality.
0: Are you developing the U.S. or the Mexico then? I mean, look at Shalka. issue. Yeah, look at Shalka for example. With um, what's Yeah, he, uh, he's an American. He developed at Shalka. And FC Dallas. In FC Dallas, but the Grant Wall researched that. Uh, <laughs> What? Exactly. I mean, is it the Bundesliga job to develop players for the German national team? No, MLS job is to be the best league in the world. Exactly. That's the job of MLS. The academy system is to develop players. Now, you know, episode two. Go listen to it. I keep referencing it because it's it it it's. It's it's a perspective
2: that we don't really it's see. It's a often. culture
0: issue. These people that did not do not grow up in my age don't realize it's a cultural issue. All the kids walking around the streets are more likely to possess a soccer jersey than there is a, a football or basketball because a, a soccer jersey is cool and b it's a <laughs> statement. If you're a Tottenham <laughs> fan, you suck. That's the statement you're giving me. If you're wearing Arsenal fan, well, we're forever fourth. Okay, if you're wearing a United jersey, means you like to win and you're bandwagoner. If you're a City fan, you're an extreme bag wa- bandwagoner. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, How about that? Or Five for that? <laughs> now, but it's it, yeah, it's stereotyping, but it's cool. You see a soccer jersey, and you have an instant, instant bond with whoever it is. Yeah,
2: you know? and um. I mean, looking at the presidency. I mean, Ronaldo has also said he's for promotion relegation. Oh, Here we he's, go. He's 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 no, for no, switching no, flipping no, the calendar. No, no, no. The no. calendar flipping would be no. an interesting
0: thing, but yes. it wouldn't work. Sorry, Armand, I'm just fired up. It would it wouldn't work
2: promotion relegation. Steven uh, has uh, had a little in, uh, revelation of promotion relegation. Um, yeah, I'm not. We're gonna save that for after
0: MLS playoffs.
2: Yeah, we're yeah we'll step after, but I mean we're we're seeing three candidates really come out. Um, we're seeing Agius, Uh, Winalda, and Gulati. There's obviously more. Gulati's obviously incumbent. Winalda is gaining traction though with
0: his. Uh, kind you know what of it is. Key. You know what it is. You said it. I'm I'm. Donald gonna, Trump. It's Donald Trump. It's the populist it really message. It's the. It's the. I'm gonna fix everything. Let's make U.S. soccer great again. That's what he'd be. Honestly, Eric Ronaldo should just run that campaign. And and the the the, the thing is, uh, Gulati hasn't done anything outstanding.
2: Uh, well, Gans, yeah. Gans is a really interesting guy. I watched the uh, presidential debate, I guess, uh, <laughs> between <laughs> with, with, between the two. And Gans is a really interesting guy. He's a very smart guy. He 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 know he, 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 he's
0: the businessman. He's a,
2: he's a lawyer. He's he's a lawyer. He's been in the business. Uh, for a little bit, but um, I think compared to uh, um, uh, he is a, a little bit more rational now. Yeah, I don't.
0: I I mean, I don't think you get any bids. I I don't either. Or win, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the I thing. I think it's all good It it's it's hard to imagine. What U.S. soccer is going to be like in the next five years because there's going to be a massive shift going on. And, and, and well, not to blame MLS, I think again, it goes to Grant Ball. It's this bird eye view, and it's not really going into the, the dirt and into the details, in, into the, the real issues because Dallas produces product like a, 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 a factory. Like, honestly, it's one player after the other that just goes on into and, and another club and it just seems to, to continue on. I mean, look at their academy system. That's all that people talk about is their academy system. And with, with MLS being blamed for the failure of the men's national team, what did Costa Rica do? What did Panama do? What did Honduras do? Where do those players play at? MLS? Some of them, a majority of them play in MLS. That's where they want to be. So know uh, you yeah. All right, listeners, we'll be back with some more <laughs> M- MLS talk. We'll talk about the U.S. coaching on next episode because I, I'm I'm a little pissed off on what's going on there too. How I mean, have, Steven's pissed by everything. I'm pissed by honest, everything. So. U.S. soccer sucks right now. God, are they awful? <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Alex Sam Soccer Pod. at Steven Joderand. Check out our content. Listen to episode two. Bye. Please, it's episode two. <laughs> Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call
1: 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 no a month after 2250 a month credit. Apply within two bills. of cancel, early remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630 20. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply.